Welcome to the East Coast Believers Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope this inspires and encourages you to grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's Pastor Norm. Hey, um, we are without question living in unique times and unique day. And um, you know, I get asked a lot of questions from people. What, are you, what is the church's response or what is your response to the coronavirus? And, and uh, you know, without question, you know, we have wild swings in the stock market. You can, your retirement is going up and down 20%. Our nation is divided right now. We're very polarized and we're just living in very unique times and days. And I want to re- respond to that in this series. And I, and I want to talk to you for the next several weeks right up to Easter. What do you do when you live in a culture like this? What does the church what is the church's response to that? On a personal level, I'm going to do the same thing with the coronavirus that I did with SARS flu, that I did with bird flu and swine flu. I'm going to get as close as I can to God. I'm going to use wisdom. Come on, I'm going to wash my hands with or without the flu, everybody. I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to avoid crowds if I'm not feeling well and all of that. And we're going to, we're taking this serious. Everyone, all the kids coming in and out of children's classrooms are getting hands sanitized and all of that. But I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to be where God wants me to be. I'm not going to be where he doesn't want me to be. But what I'm going to do is get as close as I can to God. And that's what really what this series is going to be all about. There's an interesting verse in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32. It says, people who don't know God in this series is about how to get closer to God. In the way he works, they worry over these things. And I get it. The world's freaking out. The world doesn't know what to do with all this. But can I tell you, the church's response should be different to these issues than the world's response. Because you know why? We know God, everybody. We know God and we know how he operates and we know how he works. I love this verse in Philippians chapter 4. This is a, I'm giving you a couple verses in a row to set this up for you. Don't worry about anything, which I know you say, hey, that's too hard. I can't, I have to worry about something. And when things, thoughts come to my head, what do I do with it? Here's what, here's what you do. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Like here, here's how you deal with worry in your life. If you want to change worry, increase your prayer life. Increase your time with God. And here's what I'm not asking you to do. Have longer periods of prayer in the morning. How about have more uh, times throughout the day where you talk to the Lord about what's going on in your life, not just a set time. He said, and don't forget to thank him for the answers. Now, if you do, I know this seems impossible. Here's the challenge. If you will do these things, you will experience God's peace, which is what I think a lot of us want. We want God's peace. And he said, here's how you do it. You got to get as close as you can to God, pray about everything, and don't forget to thank him. I, I, love, I love this James chapter four and verse eight. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And God, here's, because people, I get this question a lot from people. They say, Pastor, I, I just, I just, I just don't feel like God's close to me. I don't feel like he's very close and I don't feel very close to him. And what I want to tell you is this, is God already made his move. God already made it. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And what he's saying to you is this, it's your move now. It's not God's move, it's your move. And it's going to, he did everything he's going to do for you in this arena. He said, if you want to get God near to you, here's what you have to do. You have to draw near to him. Here's our series title for the next month. We're, ta- we're going to talk about drawing near. 
The same translation in the book of in James chapter 4 in the New Living says, come close to God and God will come close to you. I almost called this series, Come Close. Because I think that's where a lot of us are today, that we want to come close to God. And we're wondering, like, where's God in all of this? And our response has to be, I'm going to draw near. This series for the next three or four weeks, we're going to talk about how to get as close to God as possible. What I can promise you this, if you do these things, you will experience a peace that you didn't even know existed. The world could be going crazy. Things could be getting out of control and you're just going to be okay. Why is that? We're going to draw near to God. Here's the premise for this. The premise for this whole series, the thesis where I wrote this from is this thought here. That all of us, the reality of it is, is we are all worshiping something. There's something in our life that we're worshiping. Something, there's something in our life that we're giving our attention to. There's something in our life that has the, has the throne of our heart. Even, even non-Christians, Christians, you were, you, they, they worship God. They worship not God. They worship something. Because here's the reason why. We're all created to worship and there's something on the inside of us that wants to worship. There's something on the inside of us that wants to give our adoration, that wants to give our love, that wants to give our attention to something. Something gets your adoration. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's worship. Worship is our response to what we love the most. That's what worship is. It's our response to what we love the most. Hey, media guys, can you working on my screen, please? Worship is what we love the most. Worship is what we, give, gives our what we give our attention to, what we give our heart to. All of us have something super important to us. All of us have something that has our heart, that has our attention. Here's what I'm saying. Something we're thinking about all day long. It could be money. It could be our career. It could be, um, you know, golf. It could be your hobby. It could be, I mean, come on, March Madness is coming up. It could be basketball. Something, something has our heart. Something has our adoration. And I want to be super clear on this. God is not upset if you enjoy things. God is not upset with you having money and having stuff and having homes. And God is not upset with you having hobbies. And God is not upset with you enjoying golf and enjoying March Madness and enjoying college football. Here's what God's asking you, everybody. He says, you can have all that stuff. I just want to be number one. Here's what I'm saying. We were not created to worship stuff. We were created to worship God. And what's happened, things have flipped around. What, here's what I'm saying. Whatever I give my attention to replaces God. Why this is so important for us is this, is because what you worship, now this is a, this is a big deal. What you worship, you become obsessed with. And what you become obsessed with, you imitate. And what you imitate is what you become. And I think a lot of us don't like what we're becoming today. We're becoming something that we don't like, and we're saying, how is this happening to us? So we have to take an inventory of our life, because if we don't like what we're becoming, maybe it starts off here. What has our adoration? What has our attention? What has the focus of our mind? They had this same problem in the early church. There's this, this verse in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, it says, they knew God, which I think a lot of us were there. Like, we know God, Pastor. We're Christians. We got all this. We understand about worship. 
He says, but, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Like we know about God, we just don't worship him like God. Instead, they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools, which I think really, you know, and I, I know you probably didn't get up an hour early today to come to church to hear this, but I think that describes a lot of what America's becoming. Like, we got it figured out, God. You let us run this nation. We'll put you on the back burner, and when we need you, we'll call you back. And that really describes really the, the Western or the American church. We've almost made it look like the Bible is outdated. Can I tell you something, everybody? The Bible is God's word. And God meant what he said and said what he meant. This is a book you can base your life on. And, and, and the reality of it is we've, we've, we've become foolish in this. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, because we're going to talk about worship, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles to which I know what you're going to say. We don't worship idols. We don't have statues in our home that we worship. We don't have a golden calf. But what did we do? We've exchanged other things for worship in our life. We let other things get the throne of our heart. We let other things really come, come to the top of our, our heart and top of our life. How do we do this? You were created to worship God, but we've allowed other things to get into our, into our life, and we've exchanged that for worship. And what am I trying to do right now? I'm trying to connect you to this series, because I know a lot of you say, well, I don't, I don't worship idols. I don't have other things that are more important to God in my life, but maybe Let's just find out, because I think we've exchanged, in the, in the early church, they had idols, but I think there are things that we've exchanged for worship in our life. There are things that we've allowed to take the throne of our heart, to take number one, first place in our life. And, and, and this first one, if you're a note taker, uh, this is the one I struggled with the most, which, which uh, how to word this, because I don't have a word for it, so what I put it was just a blank. It's, it's blank, or, or the thing that I'm consumed with. The, what is the one thing that you think about the most? What's the one thing that, that really has your heart? You, you know what it is. We let that thing become number one in our life. It's the thing we think about all day. It's the thing we become consumed with. It's the thing that really on the top of our mind all day long. And it's, it's really the, the one thing in our life that really we get excited about. And, and, and the thing is, God's not against any of that, but what he's saying is, don't let that become the one thing in your life that's number one in your life. He said, I only, I want to be number one. Here, here's what he's saying. Enjoy all that stuff. You can even love it, but just love God a little bit more. Like here it is. I love, I love football and I love college football in particular. And uh, I think about a lot, I read a lot about it. And, and the reality of it is I have to make sure, and I know pastor, they say, Pastor, do not preach about this in Orlando, the home of the UCF Knights, so close to the Florida Gators. Th th this is a death sentence for a church to even talk about it. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you, you they say, you got to be real gutsy talking about college football. I'm ready today, everybody. Because I want to help you get close to God. 
See, because we can do this on a, on, and I'll talk more about this in a few weeks. See, on a Saturday, we can get excited and about our, we can show up early for, our, for a football game and for our team and we can get there early and we can get in our seat and when they come out, we can clap and we can scream and we can yell and, and when they do good, we get on our feet and we're excited about that and, and we're clapping and, and, and on a Saturday, you're called a fan. But one, 24 hours later, you do that for a God, your God, you're considered a radical fanatic. How is it that we can be a, a fan on Saturday, but a fanatic on Sunday? And we, I think we've just allowed some things to become, to get the throne of our heart. Deuteronomy says it like this. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the, of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God. Here, here's what I'm saying. God's saying, enjoy all that stuff. Just don't put it ahead of me. Make sure, like what I say, what you would do for your football team, what you do for your career, make sure you're doing the same or more for me. That's what God wants. I think here's something else that we've exchanged for worship. And this is one that I, I, I don't even really know how to describe this, except I'll just give you an example of how it works in my life. I think we have, um, I call it pride. Pride, here it is. We're concerned about what other people think about us more than we are concerned about what, what God thinks about us, about us. So we're concerned that people, that people are watching us. Like, and, and, I, and I say this to young people. People ask us, why do you worship like you do? Like you have to tell me why. And here's the only answer I can give you. Because God asked for it. And I know that's not a good enough answer for a lot of young people. But every once in a while you just need to know this. That God is God. He gets to make the rules. He is the creator. We are the creation. And I'm just going to do what God asks of me. But sometimes we get so concerned about with what people think about us. This last fall, I was traveling, and, and um, usually I'm almost always in with Dina or one of the kids, or even if they're not, a staff usually comes with me. And so with this, for some reason, I was on a short trip, and I was flying, and, um, and I was going through the Dallas airport in particular. If you know the Dallas airport, it was built like in the 40s, not really, but it feels like it. Um, it's just really antiquated and old. It's hard to get around. And, and so... Um, it's hard to change terminals there and all that. And so, but when you get there, when I was there, I was just going to stop and get a salad and soup to get my connection to wherever I was going. And, and, um, and so when I got there, all there was left in, this, in the food court here was these, with these counters. You've seen these counters. Except if you go to this counter that I went to go sit at, um, they had a counter right across from it. So we were face to face with people. So I sat down at my, to have my soup and my salad and I look up and there's a man, I mean, literally from here to the end of this table looking at me. You know what I'm talking about. And so I'm sitting to eat and I'm getting ready, I'm contemplating, do I pray or do I not pray? But now I've eaten at enough restaurants and I've traveled all over the world. And can I tell you, I don't care who's there. If the president of the United States said, I'm going to pray over my food. For a couple of reasons, but mainly for my safety. <laughs> and so, uh, but, I, but here's what shocks me. Even I was sitting there thinking, but how do I do this without looking weird? I'm, this, I'm literally this close. We're this far away. And so I just bowed my head. I didn't sit there and cast out the devils out of the food and, and call fire down from heaven and go on the heavenly prayer. I just prayed real quietly. I put my head down and just prayed real quietly. And I got done. I looked up, and here was this guy who was halfway through his meal. He put his head down. He started praying over his food. 
And I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's the way it was. It's, and what was shocking to me, it's amazing how conscious we can be of what other people think about us more than what God thinks about us. It's, it's shocking to me how that's in our human nature to be so concerned. And I know we did the same thing in worship here. I know because I, I came to a church like this when I first got saved. And so I'm sympathetic to you. I understand you're on a journey here. But when you came to church and there's clapping and shouting and singing. And, and I just, I went there for a few months and I really wanted to get into this. Because I think in the inside of us, all of us want to worship God freely. But we're so concerned about what other people think about us. So it, it kind of gets in your, it doesn't get in your feet, it gets in your shoe. You don't let it get to your foot because you're concerned what someone's going to say if you start tapping. And you know, everyone saw you even put a clap in there. Offbeat, some of you I know. <laughs> How I know that I'm not even allowed to clap unless someone besides me teach it, showing me the rhythm. Those are the rules for me. And, uh, but we get so concerned, we, and we want to so desperately to put our hands up and worship God freely. You know why God made you that way? There's 150 psalms in the book of Psalms that, that talks about this, this unfettered, heartfelt worship, passionate worship, that you were created to worship God that way. But the reality of it is you want to, but you're more conscious of what people think than what God thinks. And all I can tell you is this. I remember the day that I put my hands up to God and I worshiped God. I did this some close 30 years ago for the first time in a service like this. Closed my eyes and I felt so, I felt like the whole congregation was staring at me. I opened up one eye. You know what I found out? No one looked at me at all. Because you know what they were doing? They were doing the same thing I was trying to do and worship God. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 12. He said, many people, they did believe in him. That's where a lot of us are. However, including some of the Jewish leaders, like the leaders, they wouldn't admit to it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. A paraphrased translation would say, a lot of us believe in him. A lot of us are sold out for him. But we don't admit it to anybody because we're concerned whether we'd be accepted or not. For they loved, here it is, human praise more than the praise of God. That's not where we want to be today. Because we're talking about, if I'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to me. If I'll come close to him, he'll come. But I feel so far away when we're talking about it. I think here's another reason why some things we've exchanged for worship. It's, it's the one thing that gets our heart. It's pride, what people think about us. And here it is. This one is feelings. How we feel. In other words, we live in a, a very, what we would call a, a hedonistic society. And that is a society that says, I feel, therefore I am. If I feel this way, this is what I am. Morals no longer guide us, feelings guide us. And, and that's, hedonism is really this, that you get pleasure, your pleasure comes by how you feel. So feeling is more important than anything else in your life. It's more important than your belief system. It's more important than your actions. It's, it's, it's what you feel. It's what, it's what, it's what you're, you, you base your life on how you feel is the best way I can describe it. And can I tell you something? Look into your pastor's eyes. And let me tell you something that will save your life. If you live your life based on feelings, 
you are going to ruin your life. We don't base our life on feelings. We base them, we guide them by the principles of the word of God. Not, in other words, the takeaway is this, that feelings follow, not choices. And guys, let me help you. Choices lead, feelings follow. We're waiting for our feelings. So here it is. Here's how it works out in worship. If I feel like it, then I'll worship. Here's how it plays out in worship. If they sing the song that I like, then I'll sing. But if they don't sing the song that I like, then I won't worship God. I've been looking for that verse for the last 30 years, everybody. Like, where, where, where is that verse? Where, where feelings, if I feel this way, then I'll do it. And the reality of it is a lot of us think, isn't it good enough if I just show up? Isn't that good enough? Here's a, a New Testament verse that describes an Old Testament principle. It's in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer, notice this language, the, sacri the sacrifice of praise to God. Praise sometimes is a sacrifice. That means I might not want to, I might not feel like it, but I'm going to do that. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise to his name. That means this. Well, I might not like the song they're singing, but guess what? I'm going to sing anyways. I might not enjoy that song set. The reality of it is I sleep with the worship pastor and I still don't get to choose the song sets here. For, you, for those who are watching online, I am also married to her as well, in case you're wondering. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to get an email about that. I know for sure. See, to, let me say it like this, to spectate without participating would be like me telling my wife, hey, honey, I love you, but don't ever expect a kiss from me. Hey, honey, isn't it good enough that I told you 26 years ago that I would uh, spend the rest of my life with you? Hey, isn't it good enough that I bring home a paycheck and provide for you? Isn't it good enough, honey, that I show up every day in the same spot in the house and take care of things? But hey, I love you, but don't expect any kisses from me. To which I would say to you, why? If you, you can't make this stuff up. This is true. So on Friday morning, my Fridays are a little different than my, other, my Tuesday through Thursday's days in the office. I'm mostly in meetings then and meeting with teams and staff and different people. But Fridays is, is, is a day that I block off every Friday, whether I'm in town or out of town. And uh, I don't have any meetings with anyone at all under, under any circumstance unless you're dying. And... Um, and otherwise, I won't be meeting with anybody. I come in the office really early. I come in usually before 6, like 5.30. And I work a, a pretty decent day. And, I, and I'll just spend some time praying. It's my prayer day. And I, and I don't pray for my stuff. I just pray for you all day. And I write for you. And I think about you. It's my day to talk to God about you. And whether I'm preaching or not this weekend, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to, it's my day. And so, and so that's, so this last month has been really crazy busy for us. You know, we had a lot going on at the beginning of the year and then most of you know that my dad went to heaven and we had that going on and had the funeral a lot of family coming
come in from out of town. And then, and then on top of all that, uh, we had, a, we had a pastors coming in for training. And on top of all, all, all that, we had about 121 other pastors come in for one day of training. We had the big go team party on Friday night. We had a bunch of other events going on. So I'm sitting here kind of cleaning this stuff up to share with you. And all of a sudden, I get a text from Dean. It's about 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm already in the office for about three hours. And, and it comes from, she goes, hey, you've been really busy. Let's schedule a couple's massage today. And this was just two days ago. Right when I'm talking about, like, don't just show up, like, express your love. I say, honey, what time? She goes, I know it's Friday. I said, don't matter. I don't care if you're dying or not. It's couple's massage. I'm there. She's well, I know it's your, she's writing me back. She's trying to, she's trying to get her way out of this thing. I'm like, oh, wait, you're committed now, babe. And she said, what time? I said, anytime. Now, how about 9.01? I'll be there. What, what am I talking about? A lot of us, a lot of us, we think just showing up's good enough. But God doesn't want that. He wants the sacrifice of praise. Let me, I think here's something else. We, and, and if you're looking for a title for this message, I'm calling it the not-so-great exchange. Because a lot of us, we talk about the great exchange in worship. Trade your problem for worship. But a lot of us are trading our worship for our problems. And here, here's another thing I think, and, and I couldn't think of the right way to word this, but our traditions are, are, are almost, it's just not my style. Like, that's not my style. I'll sing the song. When they sing the song that I like, then I'll sing. You know, I don't. The lights, I don't know if I like the lights, and I don't know if I like all the stuff that you have going on here. And the reality of it is, can I just tell you, none of this is for you anyways. It's all for him. We just want everything to scream glory to God and praise to God. And, 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 and can I just warn the modern-day church? We've traded chairs for pews. We've traded modern, modern buildings for stained-glass windows. And we've traded, we've traded you know, uh, 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 organs for electric guitars and, and we have to, and we call, because they, they're traditional and we've become modern. But can I tell you real quickly, we're, we're becoming very, very set in our traditions as well. That if you don't worship the way I worship, then it can't be true worship. Can I tell you, you can worship with a hymn, everybody, with an old organ. You can worship with drums, without drums. It's not, it's not about you, it's about him. I heard this preacher, I'm not sure who to give credit to this for, but I, it's not my saying, I got it from someone else. They said, someone came to church one Sunday and said, you know, I didn't like the worship today. He responded to him and said, that's okay, it wasn't for you anyways. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of us are today. We, it's all become about, it's not my style. If you sing my style, then I'll worship. Come on, we've asked older people to change their style. Come on, younger people, I'm asking you, just worship God because he's worthy of it. Amen. Here, here's the verse. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 3. He said, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And I, this is only the language Jesus uses. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah, he was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teaching, teachings are merely human rules. I think that's where a lot of us are. Like our lips are there, but where's our hearts? Let me start wrapping this up for you. 
Because what do you do with all this? I, I showed you the need. I gave you some theology, some problems with how we are approaching God. And maybe why we're not as close to God as we want. But how do you practically apply this to your life? Let me give you in the next 10, less than 10 minutes some applic- applicable steps you can take, some practical application. To do this, I want to go back to a psalm. Psalms, the book of Psalms, 150 psalms, really about worshiping God. There's some other things in there, but that's the primary theme of it. And in this one psalm, it's written by David, and it's written as a prophetic psalm. And actually, the psalm I'm getting ready to put up, these are actually the words of God. And so he wrote in the, in the person of God, and this is what, he's, and this is what God said. He said, I, I have no complaint about your sacrifice. Like, I don't have a problem with what you're doing or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I want to tell you something. I don't, like, I don't, I don't need this. I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine. God said, hey, I appreciate all that you're doing. And, I, and I'm, I'm grateful that you're building my church. And I'm grateful. But I want to let you know that I'm okay in heaven. I just want, I think we, like God said, I just want to let you know everything's going to be okay. He said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field, they're mine. If I were hungry, God said, I wouldn't tell you anyways. I would not tell you for all the world is mine and everything in it. He said, do I eat the meat of the bulls? Do I drink the blood of the goats? He said, here it is. But what I do want from you, see, a lot of us are serving God. We're saying, if I build the church, that's good enough. And that's part of it. I get it. I think God's grateful for all that. But he said, this is what I want. I want thankfulness to be your sacrifice. Keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then, by the way, call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. He said, hey, when that... When that virus comes or when the economy wreaks out, it's going to be okay if you're close to me. And a lot of us, we're like, well, isn't it, isn't it good enough? Isn't it good enough that I just show up? And God says, no, it's not good enough that you show up. I want a little bit more from you. I want what's in your heart. God's saying this. God's asking you for the one thing that he gave up. And here's what it is. God's needs are supplied. God's okay, everybody. I'm going to let you know that. But the one thing that he wants is what he gave up when he created you. And that was the freedom to choose to worship him or worship something else. That's the one thing he really wants. That's called the sacrifice. So what do you, what do, you do with all this? Hey, I guess here's the question I would want to answer. If we'll draw close to God, he'll draw close to us. If we'll draw near to God, and God will come near. So here's the question. How do we draw close? How do we get close to God? Especially in this area of worship. Like, how, how, do, I, how do I get so close to him? Real quickly, I came up with three things that, through Scripture that I think I can give you. And I'm going to unpack these for a few more weeks with you. But number one is this. I think we should just start with thanking him sincerely. Like, here's what I'm saying. If you woke up, I know you woke up an hour early, but you woke up this morning. And guys, I know it came out an hour later, but the sun rose this morning. There's air in your lungs. Come on, your heart is pumping blood through your body right now. You woke up in a nice warm bed. You're sitting in church and 
and, and chairs that are cushioned and air conditioning or heat or whatever is going on right now. You're, you, come on, you've got a lot to be thankful for to God right now, everybody. If God never did another thing for you, he sent Jesus to the cross and forgave your sins. That song we sang earlier about amazing grace, it's true. I was a wretch, but now I'm saved. I'm not one, I was one, I'm not one now. I was a wretch, now I'm a son of God. That means when I die, I go to heaven, everybody. I have access to the, as the sonship of God, I have access to covenant rights as a son of God. If he never did one more thing for me, he's done enough for me already. I have a lot to be thankful for. My son, as I mentioned, you know, my, uh, 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 about two weeks ago on a Wednesday, my dad passed away, maybe three weeks ago now. And um, so uh, right when it happened, we were over there. And, and um, so I, 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 after I spent time with my mom, I went out to the living room and all my brothers were there were talking about all that had to be done. And, and so I got on the phone right away. I had my computer out and I'm on the phone and I'm talking to family. And I called my son who's in Phoenix. And um, I said, hey, I had texted him and talked to him a little earlier and I said, I'll get back with you. And I said, well, do you want to come back? Can you come back even? Because his first year of school and he just, just left a couple weeks earlier. I said, can you come back? And he said, yeah, I already talked to my principal. I can come back. And he said, I can have as much time as I want. He goes, but he said, but listen, dad, I know you just, this will be another ticket. You've already bought me, which five, this will be the fifth ticket and there's a sixth one coming. He goes, um, uh, I, you don't have to get that ticket for me. I said, oh, no, I've already got it all planned out. I found it. And um, he goes, it's going to be expensive. I go, yeah, but what's new? I have five kids. I'm used to that. And um, he said, but you know, really, Dad? I said, no, bud. All I'm going to do is hit the button, purchase, because I want you home for this. And he said, okay. And he goes, I see. He said, I'm going to come home tomorrow. I said, come home tomorrow. So, so I bought him a ticket, and he, he came home, and, and uh, he, you know, he's got friends here and all that, and all the things, family and all that going on. And, and so when, when we did this service here at our church, People came from all over. We did a service, and, and when I got done and with the service, I was out there, out in the lobby, talking to people and saying hi to people and, and um, sitting beside my mom. And my son walks up to me, and, and in the middle of that, of that greeting line, he goes, hey, Dad, I just want to say, you're the man. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, that was an incredible service. He goes, man, you killed it. That's 19-year-old for amazing. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not good lingo at a funeral, but, but uh, you know. And, and so, boy, I remember when I heard that. Can I tell you, I, I always appreciate people coming to me afterwards saying great message, great service, all this sort of thing. But it means a whole lot more when it comes from the ones that are closest to you. All, all of us like the praise of men. All of us like the accolades that come with it. But it means a whole lot more. And then a few days later, he was leaving. And uh, he's packing. It's late at night. And he comes in my room. He goes, hey, Dad. He said, I just want to say thank you for getting me that ticket. I said, oh, no, no, no big deal at all that. He goes, no, no, no. It is a big deal. I said, really, it's not a big deal. He goes, no, it is a big deal. I know what you got going on. I know all the stuff and all the deals that are going on. He goes, I want you to know thank you. And can I tell you, at that moment, you're like, you want to go on a cruise too? What do you want from me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because at that moment, you're like, hey, let's dip into retirement savings right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is thankfulness draws you close to the one who created you. 
Here's what the scripture says. For the eyes, 2 Chronicles 16, for the eyes of the Lord range, like God does this throughout the whole earth, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Two and a half minutes, let's go. Number two, let's take, I think the second thing we can do to get close to God is take our relationship to another level. What, what am I saying? It's time to walk the aisle. Quit dating God. Quit dating. God's not, not interested in dating you. It's time to go just one more notch up for this. And here, here's, here's the verse, and it's a, again, it's one of those verses that has some Old Testament context to it. And it's Romans 12, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, talking to New Testament Christians, in the view of what God's done is mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. The, the, the importance of that is, up until that point, all sacrifices on the altar were dead. They had no choice to get up or get off. But New Testament worship, it's a, you're a living sacrifice. That means you have the ability to get on the altar, off the altar every day. You have the ability to do this or not do this. It's your choice every day. The choice wasn't made for you. You make it daily. He said, this is holy, but th guys, this is what's pleasing to God. And this is your true and proper worship. Here it is. Not I have to, I choose to. I want to. I don't, not whether I feel like it, but I made a decision that God, you get all of me, not some of me. Let me wrap it up with this thought. I'm gonna give you guys some inside, insight into our, our team, how we do things here. When I work with our team and they, do, and they would have a meeting with you, I've trained them all in what I'm getting ready to share with you. So when you come in for a meeting with one of our team, this is how I've taught them how to, how to minister to you and how to counsel you. They have, a, they have a, a guide they go by. So when you come in for a meeting, this is how they're trained to serve you the best. They'll, they're going to find out, it's like when you come in, what do you want? Like, what do you, like what's your purpose for coming in here? It's the, what do you want to happen in our hour, half, however long we're together? And then, I, and then I say, I teach them this. Ask them this question. What are you currently doing to get what you want? Like if your marriage is broken, you want a better marriage. Like what are you doing? What are you doing or what are you not doing? And then we always ask the third question. And this is the reality. How's that working out for you? Like if what you're doing is so good, then why are you here? Like how's it working for you? And then we always end it with probably the crux of any meeting that we have. What is the one thing you can do that you are not currently doing, currently not doing to get what you want? Like what's the one thing that you can do that you're not doing, but be it marriage, be it finances, be it health, be it kids? Like what's the one thing that we can work on today to fix it? And I wanted to bring this into you because I think there's one thing that you could do with God if you wanted to get close to him. I think there's one thing we could do if we want to draw near to God. I, I want to wrap it up with this this morning because here's what I think. This is the answer to drawing close to God. We want to thank him sincerely, take our relationship to another level, but also this, here's what God wants.
an authentic, passionate, on-fire relationship with himself, with you. Thank you for listening to the East Coast Believers Church podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more info about this podcast or other resources, visit eastcoastbelievers.org.